This is Fan POV Podcast. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. We are back. It's your favorite sports show, Fan Pov, coming at you with my co-star as always. This is Michael MVP Panamarzik. How are you, Mike? If I'm living the dream, coming off that Dolphins victory, you know, it's only a matter of time to 14 and 2 started. Dude, I would agree with you. It is almost dreamlike when the Finns come away with a win, man. So well said, well put. <laughs> I, uh, I'm Kevin Robinson, everybody. Great to be back with you. And we are here for another another great episode of FanPov. We're going to be covering the NFL in this past week's game. So we just hit week three, Mike, in the NFL. Had a lot of awesome matchups, had a lot of really interesting games. And I want to chomp on all of them, man. So Let's dive right into it. And what I really want to do is start with uh, with your fandom, my man. I want to talk about this Miami Jaguars game. And Mike, you know what they say. In every game, there must be a winner. Because <laughs> one, well, one of these teams had to win, and it looks like your Dolphins pulled it off. So we've got two uh, teams going into the week at 0-2. And, and again, somebody had a win, and it looks like Miami came out victor. Mike, walk us through this game, man. What'd you like? Well, Kev, let's start right off the get-go. Both of these teams, Jacksonville and my Miami Dolphins, we got a lot of work to do. Uh, a lot of different holes. And uh, the Jaguars were a little bit more exposed than they have been. Gardner Mitchell, I don't think he's going to be able to keep the position. But the story of the night, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 37 years old, just playing the game of his life, man. He looks like back in the day when we used to play backyard football, play all day, laughing, having a good old time. He's rushing the ball. He's passing the ball, 18 to 20. Uh, it was a good win for the Dolphins. We needed it. We needed it now. In a long term, though, Kev, we have some problems. We still can't run the ball. Our wide receivers can't stay healthy. So we got some things to get fixed up. And then for Jacksonville, Stop winning games. Get into Trevor Lawrence sweepstake. You guys got too much work to do. I like Gardner Minshew. I think he's a good player, but you got a chance to get a generational quarterback. Again, Kev, happy we got the one uh the win. I think we're on our way to 14 and 2, but we still have a lot of room to improve. And uh Brian jo- uh, Byron Jones, when are you gonna play? What are we paying yeah, you for? I'm, get that's on the field. I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what which, I'm talking which about. What do you think, Kev? I mean, I, I know you, you watched this. You were giving me a hard time via text message. Yeah, I mean, well, don't get me wrong. It's not as if I was glued to this game by any means, <laughs> but I did definitely keep up on the uh, on the stat sheet. Loved what Ryan Fitzpatrick did, but I have a question for you about this guy, Mike. More importantly, in terms of Jacksonville, dude, I've got to just say this right now, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds on the Jacksonville-Miami game. Lord knows we got more to cover than that, but... I got to tell you, man, I could not disagree more with your take on Gardner Minshew. I do not think the Jacksonville should get in the sweepstakes for Trevor Lawrence. Mike, once-in-a-generational players in college do not pan out as once-in-a-generational players in the NFL every time. I'm telling you, I can go down the list and list and lists of guys that have flopped coming in as juggernauts from the, uh, from, from, uh, the college ranks and just flopping on their faces in the NFL. Here's my thought, man. One thing you know, and you know this for sure, Gardner Minshew can win in the NFL. And let me tell you, you you put some proper weapons around him and shore up that defense again, and you've got a above average game manager. You've got everything in Jimmy Garoppolo that you got with this kid, and you got some moxie there as well. So I don't know, man. I, I I'm taking proven NFL talent over hypothetical college talent all day. But either way, here's my question for you, Mike, about this game, and the last detail that I want to cover with this. When are we going to see your boy Tua? And, and and look, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
18 of 20. Awesome. Ball only touched the ground twice. Two touchdowns. Awesome. 160 yards. Eh. Played a terrible team that can't put up points. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. When are we going to see your boy? Kev, I was hoping to see him at least late game. You know, get out there and do some snaps when the game was beyond, uh, you know, the opportunity for the Jaguars to come back. Didn't happen. It's definitely not happened this week. Fitzpatrick's got the hot hand. We got Seattle coming to town. We might be able to get them in Miami. Not sure about that yet. We'll talk about later about that. But we also go then to the 49ers to Denver, two hard games. I'm calling the week first Chargers, October 25th. He's going to be out there. Can't okay. wait. Can't wait. And you know what, Kev? I ordered a Tua jersey like the third week of May, and it's not expected to get here before November 30th. I'm hoping he's in before November 30th, and I can't wait oh, to get yeah. my jersey. But, but, yep, good questions. Can't wait. But I think the biggest contribution he'll bring is he'll open up the running game, man. That Miles Gaskin guy, our running back, he's very like fun to watch. 22 carries for 60 yards, not going to get done. We need a running game. Last year, Fitzpatrick was our number one rusher. Got to get that fixed. Well, defenses are counting on beating the Miami Dolphins by stopping the run game. They don't believe in the pass game. So so, so you're right. And I I think that if you added a mobile to a – then you've got you've got to play it differently. You know what I mean. You, you've definitely got to play it differently, and, and not not just to mention to his legs, but his ability to throw the ball on a dime if he can do that in the NFL. Um, but interesting stuff, nonetheless, Mike. Look, let's switch gears. I want to talk about very very briefly the 49ers and Giants game, and the real reason that I only want to you know even bring this up is that all I've heard this last week is just how injury plagued the uh, the San Francisco 49ers are and while that is good and true man I, I feel like almost none of their starters are on the field at this point uh, they're winning so they've got a two and one record they put up 36 points on the lowly Giants but nonetheless they look as if they might be able to beat the injury bug or am I getting too far ahead of my skis talk to me about this game are you impressed with San Francisco's ability to stay afloat during this time of turbulence? Kev, I'm impressed that they went on the road, beat New York in New York. Any NFL team, you're like, that's quite an accomplishment. But then you break down the numbers, you break down the rosters. Kev, I'm at the mindset right now where you could put the Giants and Jets rosters combined and they wouldn't be a top 25 team in this league. These are some bad football teams in new york so that is a great take by the way <laughs> that is a great that that is a great point you're right they are so talent depleted both of those organizations um it, it, yeah I, I doubt they could put a contender together if they <laughs> Doug, yeah, i ain't trying to go too far in your boys but <laughs> who's out there <laughs> you know when now that saquon's out what type of offense is they just brought Devonte freeman dude wasn't signed last week he got their most carries daniel jones He's got nobody out there. Golden Tate's about number three. Evan Ingram can't stay healthy. And that defense, I can't name a starter besides Leonard Williams. Well, dude, I thought I saw Joe Judge fall on a fumble out there. I think he was playing defense at one point, wasn't he? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Again, I don't want to go too deep on Doug either. Doug, if you're listening, Doug's one of our other guys here. You guys have heard him before. Um, yeah, man, it's a t- tough road for the Cowboys this year. But uh, but but Doug admits it. Doug, Doug Doug's on in on the Giants. He knows they got some work to do. We 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 are realists, and then we get optimistic. We swing ball, you know, every which emotion. We're fans, fanatics. But yeah, good one for the 49ers because in that division that's taken off like crazy, you can't lose. You can't afford to lose to a bad ga- uh, bad team. You just can't. Not right now. Hundred percent right. Hundred percent right. Sleeper, real quick, everybody. If you guys are listening. 
and understand or recognize the name Nick Mullins had a hell of a game. Almost 350 yards, touchdown, no turnovers. Guy played pretty good when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt before. Nick Mullins, I'm telling you, man, I loved watching that guy last year. Um, or maybe it was the year before, I don't remember when I saw him play. But uh, a little bit of a sleeper on us here, Mike. We have a quarterback controversy on our hands here. Let's see. Um, and, you know, <laughs> Shanahan and Jimmy G aren't getting along either. <laughs> they they had some pleasant exchanges before Jimmy G got hurt. But uh, and, and it, yeah, and again, I'm not trying to, <clears throat> I'm not trying to put, uh, you know, put put smoke where there's no fire. But um, the, the kid can play, man. And, and Jimmy G, he's a lot more expensive than Nick. So e- either way, let's move on and talk about the Bengals and the Eagles. This is another one I want to briefly touch on here, Mike. If for nothing else, I want to talk about Joe Burrow. Now, in my mind. Cincinnati went in there. They played an Eagles team that's that's underdelivering and underperforming on all levels. But in my mind, even though it was a tie, I feel like that's a win for Cincinnati. Tough situation to play. Uh, you know, obviously there's no fans, but you know, Cincinnati is a well-coached club. They're a well-organized club. Again, they're underperforming, but I really, really, really like this kid, Joe Burrow. And I really, really, really hate that he's on the Bengals, Mike, because he is getting the absolute crap kicked out of him every time he hikes the ball. They're averaging one sack every 11 snaps. That's no good. That's no good. Talk to me about this game, Mike. What would you like? Kev, I mean, Joe Burrow is the absolute truth, man. This guy is carrying this team on his, his back. He's getting hit, but he is such a fierce leader. He's instilling a confidence that the Cincinnati Bengals haven't had since, dare I say, the Carson Palmer days where they actually have someone behind uh, center. Another friendly surprise that showed up this week is T. Higgins, the receiver out of Clemson. He was drafted to be kind of as Marvin Harrison to the Peyton Manning. Guy came out, two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd seems like he's healthy. And A.J. Green, if he can give us a half season for Cincinnati, they're doing okay. And on the other side, Carson Wentz, what is going on? Kev, I mean, what do you see with him on the field? So I see absolutely an offensive line, a running back, and ghosts at receivers. Who's he throwing the ball to, Mike? I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can 100% put this on cars. Who's throwing the ball to? I mean, nobody. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here looking. I I, I understand we've got Zach Hurts in tow, but who else are we throwing? I mean, Deshaun Jackson couldn't stay healthy to save his life, and none of these other guys even register. In fact, I'm looking down the list of wide receivers. I don't even know if they're wide receivers or running backs. I mean, who are these guys? I I, I don't know, Mike. I, I yes, I am. I am definitely definitely worried about Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. Not that I'm a fan of those guys, but I am I am a Carson Wentz fan. Um, and I wonder, yeah, I wonder what the hell's going on there. What, what's your insight on Carson? What do you think? Kev, his mechanics look sloppy, man. And he's missing, and I understand what you're saying. He doesn't have the best weapons, but he's making some throws that people that are getting paid what he's paid and for the experience he has in the league, he's regressing at this point. Instead of passing the football, He's throwing the football. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but the the accuracy of it. He is just throwing it to get away from it before he used to pass it, receivers in stride, find some spots. And anytime your quarterback like him is running 10 times a game and then getting sacked that many times, it's not a good recipe for sustainability. He's getting hit a lot just like Joe Burrow is. The difference is Joe Burrow's new to this league. Carson Wentz got to understand, I got to get rid of the ball. And, uh, Something else that stands out about Carson Wentz, he fumbles the ball a lot. Yeah, he does. Number one job of quarterback, don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. 
in a he had he needs to get that fixed. But uh, I see trouble for the Eagles. I mean, I, I know you and I, Jake and uh, Doug, have a text thread where I keep going on about how bad the NFC East is. This ain't the same Eagles team from a few years ago that knocked off the Pats. They've got some questions in the secondary, high questions at wide receiver, and their two tight ends, Ertz, Goddard. I like them. They're hurt a lot. Deshaun Jackson. When's the last time that dude played a full season? I think we were in high school. Donovan McNabb was quarterback, right? Something like that. Yeah. I, it's been a long time. So uh, I think uh, Cincinnati, though, for a lot of the fans out in Ohio with uh, with me, they're real happy with what's going on. But make no mistake, since he needs the next year's draft, go offensive line, next pick, offensive line, next pick, totally. offensive line, and probably trade back. But uh, it was it was a very exciting game. And uh, fun fact here, Cincinnati has – more ties than the rest of the league in the Super Bowl era. Wow. Wow. I did not know that. It's a good pool. Did not know that. I would have to agree with you, though, Mike, and this is against you know everything that I stand for as a sports fan, but I have to agree. Cincinnati, if you're a fan of Cincinnati, you should definitely be excited. You should also, in that same breath, be extremely worried that the Bengals are going to be the Bengals in terms of their front office and their coaching, that they're going to not get the right protection around Joe Burrow. One of two things is going to happen. Joe's going to play really well for you, or he's going to play really well for somebody else in about four years. One of those two things is going to happen. Um, but this kid is must-see TV, Mike. I think if you are a football fan in general, you can get a lot of excitement just at how the man carries himself. He is a warrior on the field, man. The, the shots that he has taken, some of these hits in the first three weeks will blow your hair back, man. So... Guy's the real deal. Excited to see what he does in the future. Mike, let's move on. Let's talk about the Raiders and the New England Patriots, your biggest foe, (laughs) the biggest fear, what haunts your dreams, what keeps you up at night. Um, Literally, the the ire in your total existence, Mike. What is going on in New England? These guys are two and one. Cam Newton, I'm going to tell you what, he looks healthy. And I think they're only going to get more comfortable Talk to me about these guys, man. Obviously, you know, the Raiders are sitting with a two and one schedule. Raiders being the Raiders, not super interested in them. I want to hear your take on Cam Newton and the, and the New England Patriots. Yeah. And I'll just say this game went exactly how everyone thought it was. Las Vegas coming out to New England. New England at home is so good, so hard to beat. Uh, Bill Belichick does what he does, he takes away your two number one weapons. So Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Waller, who's just been exploding on the scene, had two catches for nine yards. Josh Jacobs, under 80 yards. Uh, that's what Belichick does. But, Kev, I'll tell you, New England's not been that impressive in my take. Uh, Cam Newton, they've beat up on some bad teams. They played a Seattle team whose defense, yeah, that was an entertaining game. They got it done. I'm still not a fully believe in, believer in Cam because when you play somebody like Baltimore or you play somebody like Kansas City or a real contender, even like Buffalo, you're going to have to score more. You're going to have to sustain more drives. Still not buying in it, and Cam is bound to get hurt if he keeps getting hit the way he is. At least history would tell us he is. Yeah, yeah. Biggest uh, mistake, in my opinion, in almost the blemish-free resume of Ron Rivera is the way that he used Cam Newton in the early going of his career. I think it's got a lot of, lot of wear and tear on that body. However, um, I, I think I see a lot of your points, or at least a couple of them. More importantly, I, I, I'm not seeing Cam Newton – at that three to four hundred yards per game type level, you know, throwing twenty one to twenty six passes and three or four touchdowns, I haven't seen that guy yet. 
but I've definitely seen a calm, cool, collected game manager. And, you know, in New England with Bill Belichick driving the, uh, you know, driving the steer in the ship there, I, I don't think you need more than that. I, and, and Kev, he, I think he's matured. Yeah. I think oh, Kim totally. is finally around somebody that's holding him accountable and teach him how to be a true professional. And it's a shame it didn't happen earlier, but, uh, I will say that part about Cam. Sorry to just jump in there. And I know you're a huge Cam guy, and we had our podcast. And you got to look around the NFL. Of some of these teams that should have signed them, whether it's Chicago or the Chargers right now, could really use them. So New England, again, ahead of the rest of the league, brings this guy in. And whether he does make it long-term or even it's a five- or six-game streak and then he gets hurt, it's still paying dividends for only paying this guy $1 million a year. Totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. Biggest bargain deal that the NFL has seen to date, in my opinion. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Again, you, you mentioned it. The Raiders being the Raiders, um, underperforming, underdelivering. Derek Carr, 24-32, 261, two touchdowns. Not a bad game from him. Um, Josh Jacobs entered the game a little bit banged up, 71 yards on the ground. Good good rush per uh uh, or average per per yards rush, but same time they were playing from behind, so not a lot of not a lot of touches there. Only sixteen on the ground for him. Either way, again, interesting to see what the Patriots are going to do moving forward. Mike, they've definitely got my attention. However, let's talk about the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. We've got uh, Nick Foles up on deck, his team, his crown. Guys, uh, come up with a victory over the Atlanta Falcons, who could not buy a game. Um, 30 to 26. First of all, talk to me about Nick Foles, man. Obviously, in my opinion, at least, this is the right move. Probably a little late, but uh, what are your thoughts on this? Chicago sitting at 3-0 and with Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Foles at the helm. Yeah, Chicago has a lot of talent on their roster. Their defense, very opportunistic. Um, they, they take the ball away. They stop the run. They get after the quarterback. Um, Trubisky... It was a matter of not if, it was a matter of when he was going to get replaced. Nagy's a heck of a coach in this league. I don't think he ever won Trubisky. And you bring in a person like Nick Foles, we could talk about his stats. We could talk about the resilience coming back. What were they down, like 16 points and putting 20 points up in the fourth quarter? But his leadership and his confidence, uh, Chicago looked way different. And Kev, you've been honest since before the season. What is Atlanta doing with their head coach right now? Can you explain how this guy has a job? Can you, I mean, I, I try to make sense of it. I work with a guy that's a huge uh, Falcons guy, and he's so sick of me lighting him up every Monday morning. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but let me know. Like, what do you do with this? You, you cut the dead meat, Mike. You, you trim the fat. Look, that, that organization is star-studded on offense. I think 11 of the 12 players are first-round picks. I mean, look, there's talent on that team. You've got a generational wide receiver still, at, 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 yes, nearing the end of his prime, but still playing good football in Julio Jones. You've got the players. You've got the personnel. Defense a little bit lackluster, but nonetheless, it's Dan Quinn. Get him out. What is the delay for? What dirt does he have on the ownership? I, I don't understand how the man is employed on anything other than a defensive coordinator. And in my opinion, how he's performed these last three games, I'd be surprised if he had even a defensive coordinator job waiting for him when he inevitably gets fired with the Falcons. The writing is on the wall. In my opinion, they have to make this move yesterday. There is, and, there, there, it's not about the timing at this point. It's not, it's not well, we, we want to wait for the right time. No, that time has passed, brother. You got to do it now. You got to get him out. 
And Kev, I'm going to even add to that, not just Dan Quinn. I've seen enough of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is past his prime. He's not getting a Super Bowl. He completed almost 50, a little over 50% of his passes with these weapons, with these wide receivers, with that tight end. Matt Ryan is a choke artist. Dan Quinn, choke artist. I think Atlanta just got to throw all the poker chips in the middle and say it's time to move on. We got to make some major changes. You've got a lot of foundational pieces, but I've seen enough of Matt Ryan melting down at the end of the games. I've seen Dan Quinn. I've seen the special teams not known to pick up an onside kick and watch the other team pick it up. Um, Nick Foles looked like freaking Joe Montana. That is a you problem. That is a scheme problem, and that's a culture problem. The last thing you said is kind of where I want to pick up, Mike, is it's a culture problem. See, I don't share your opinion on Matt Ryan on any given day, and he's done it already this year. He can put up 450 yards and a couple touchdowns. I mean, he can do that on any given Sunday. In my opinion, what are they playing for? I mean, what's the morale like in the office? How much can you listen to Dan Quinn say, it's on me, I got to fix it, I got to do it? You know, it's like, how much How much can you buy in if you're in a locker room and you're talking to yourself, hey, guys, We've been ahead in these games this year and have blown it in the fourth quarter because we lose our poise. That is a head coach problem, man. I I happen to believe if they get the right guy in there, he hangs on the mat. I mean, realistically, he may not be your favorite quarterback. He might not even be top 10 right now in your opinion. But I mean, I'm going to ask anybody, give me 10 quarterbacks right now in the league that you'd rather have play for a team that's coached well. I, I think Matt Ryan's still close in that top 10. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, he can he can put up yards and he can find his receivers. He's got an accurate arm. He's ill-coached, my man. I, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. And again, you, you might be able to pull out some, some more nitty-gritty stats as to why Matt Ryan's washed. But I'm going to tell you right now, I can think of... 15 teams off the top of my head right now that if he were to be cut tomorrow, he would be the starter the very next week, regardless of knowing the playbook. That's oh, my I opinion. think I think we got to play a game sometime. And uh, shout out to Jimmy Graham. Finally found somewhere where he's contributing something instead of collecting checks. Six yeah. catches, 60 yards, two houses. Uh, Kev, quick question for you before we move on. Do the Bears have a chance to win this division? Oh, totally. Because the Lions are, Lions are trash. The Vikings are trash. Can they unseat the Packers? Uh, yeah, that or get into a wild card. E- either way, yeah, I, I think they have it. I think they. I don't think they're on the Packers level, and no, I, I definitely see the Packers, you know, being ahead of them. But in my opinion, they're definitely the second best team in the division. And look, they've been going eight and eight with with Mitch Trubisky. I mean, I think we could all agree that Nick Foles is an upgrade. Now, it might be a moderate upgrade, but it is an upgrade. And I, I think, yeah, I think they're a playoff team for sure. Um, well, not for sure, but I, it, what I'm saying is it wouldn't surprise me. Fair enough. Fair enough, Kev. Look, got a barn burner of a game that I want to talk about right now in a team that I feel was robbed hard. And that's oh, the Los Angeles, Ra- Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo wins this game 35 to 32. And I'm going to tell you, Josh Allen is the truth legitimately believe in this guy at this point. 24-33, 311, four touchdowns, one interception. Um, guy, guy's been doing it the entire year. He's got another one on the ground. He's got rushing touchdowns on the ground. He's got you know, an accurate arm. He's got a big arm. He's a big old quarterback. I don't know if you saw, um, I think it was Aaron Donald who literally got a free chance to sack at Josh Allen. 
and Josh Allen straight up stiff arms this guy and gets a penalty called on him for face mask. The quarterback got a penalty for face masking a defensive lineman and putting him on the ground. Dude is wow. huge. He is Ben Roethlisberger-esque. I'm all in on Josh Allen. However, I think that they definitely stole one. I think it was a very, very bad pass interference call at the end of that game on the Rams. I think the Rams earned their way back into winning this game. Um, kind, kind of sad. I mean, they put up 14 in the third, 15 in the fourth. They almost came back and squeaked it. Buffalo got hot on them in the beginning. Talk to me about this game, Mike. Uh, Kev, I mean, yeah, it's a disappointing loss. You don't want the officials to make you know a call like that. Whether it, to me, it l- didn't look like the pass interference that gave the Bills you know pretty much the ice and ice cake. But I'll talk about Jared Goff right now. Um, Doug was right. Doug came on his podcast with Jake and I the one time and said, you know, guys, he's not as bad as you make it. And I feel like we were very hard on him. That takes a lot to come out from the West Coast, go to Buffalo, who's a hard place to play in, a super talented team right now down 21-3 at half and almost come back to win that game. I'm not saying those players shouldn't be disappointed, but as a in my locker room, I want players like that that don't just quit. I want them to be resilient. I want them to fight back. Um, Aaron Donald, even after getting stiffed arms, still had two, two sacks. Yep. But, Kevin, the Buffaloes, the team, they have to do one thing this year. They need to beat the New England Patriots, and I'll believe in them. I cannot believe in this team that's maybe two and I think 34 versus the New England Patriots the last 20-some years. They need to put their big boy pants on, step it up, and beat them. As soon as they do that, I'm going to call them contenders. Until then, they are absolute pretenders. Uh, Josh Allen looks great, but again, can he do this versus a Bill Belichick defense? I don't know. I love their roster. I love their defense. Their offensive line, defensive line are elite. Running backs, you talk about Singletary, Moss, TJ Yeldon out of Alabama. They are stacked at the wide receiver. Stephon Diggs looking well worth that first-round pick. They've got to beat New England before I could put them in a top-10 team. Man, I think that's spot on. I think that's spot on, and that's that's 100% right. It starts and ends with with New England in that division. Um, it'll be interesting to see. They've... They, they've they definitely have a crack at it this year. You mentioned they are a stacked team, both offense and defense. And I love, man, I was a little bit nervous about that Stephon Diggs trade at the beginning. I think it was a first and a third, Mike. Um, yeah. But, I, but I'm going to tell you, look, e- even this last game, he only had 48, uh, 49 yards, four receptions and a touchdown. But look, he freed up Cole Beasley. He freed up Gabriel Davis. He freed up Devin Singletary. I mean, these other players yes. are the beneficiaries, even when Stephon is a decoy. So well worth it, man. They needed it. But I'm going to tell you, the Los Angeles Rams are being overlooked. They they are being overlooked, Mike. I, they they are a good team at this point. They're two and one. They've they've had some games where, again, they they've really showcased some talent. More importantly, I think they should have won this Buffalo game. They could be sitting at three and zero. And this is a team that a lot of people are low on. They're really hard on. Um, you know, they had Todd Gurley leave for the Atlanta Falcons. In my opinion, that was not a hit at all, but getting rid of, you know, unwanted baggage. But a lot of people are really tough on Jared Goff. And, um, you know, at this point in the season, they they look like a playoff team. That's my opinion. Um, I'm not going to write it in stone at this point, but I, I like what I've seen from Los Angeles for sure. Yeah, they, they, they've been impressive. And if you're a fan, you've got to be happy. Um after the Super Bowl, the year you know that looked like they might be kind of crumbling, falling apart. Made some moves, and uh, not bad, Kev. Not bad at all. Um, we'll see. Yeah, man. So look, 
here is uh, going to be my favorite part of the show. Let's get to the Washington football <laughs> team and the uh, the Cleveland Browns, man. So kind of crazy. My uh, my Cleveland Browns tied for second in the division with a two and one uh, record at this point. It's uh, they were playing the Washington football team with a record of now one and two. Uh, look, pretty pretty decent game. Baker Mayfield threw for 156 yards and two touchdowns. That is a Kevin Stefanski s quarterback if I've ever seen it. But the real talk is this ground game, Mike. These guys are crushing it on the ground, um, t- scoring touchdowns on the ground, racking up almost 200 yards per game on the ground. I mean, it's looking like a really good tandem there with Nick Chum and Kareem Hunt, who could both be starters on any team. So I, I love what I'm seeing there. But um, here's what I'm going to tell you, Mike. The jury for me was out on what the Browns would do based solely on Kevin Stefanski being a brand new head coach. Not even necessarily the whole COVID thing and whatnot. It's just new head coach new situation, new culture, new environment. And on top of it, it's the Cleveland Browns. So I did not have high hopes. But now my hopes are perfectly in line and I know exactly where the team is heading. Kevin Stefanski is going to utilize Baker Mayfield for exactly what he is, a 7-9 and nine quarterback. <laughs> That's where the Browns are headed, Mike. <laughs> They're headed towards 7-9. and nine. 150 to 200 yards a game, a touchdown and a pick. That's kind of Baker's recipe. That does not win big games, and it certainly does not win against Pittsburgh, and it absolutely is not winning against Baltimore. So they're a 7-9 team at best this year. Um, my, I guess my projection for them moving on next year would be that Baker has one more year. They will ride him out and probably get the first overall pick or trade for the first overall pick in the draft the following year, and Baker will be out. Um, I have not seen over the last couple of weeks, even though we've been winning, I have not seen that I want to keep this guy forever in Baker Mayfield. So that's where I'm at, Mike. Yes, I like that the team is winning. And yes, I think they're going to improve from last year, but I'm not buying into the fool's gold. Our division is tough. I actually think we'll probably drop both of them to the Steelers. The next one, we'll, we'll lose to the Ravens as well. And I think we'll probably lose to the to the Bengals. By the time we play them again, um, they're looking okay. So I... I I don't know, man. I don't have a whole lot of high hopes. Washington football team, not a lot to say there. Great defensive line and a uh, lot of not a lot more to say. So, uh, talk to me about this game, Mike. Did I miss anything? What What did you like? Did you even Did you even get to watch any of it? <laughs> oh, I watched it. Yeah, I had to see what uh, Baker. I mean, if anything else, the Cleveland Browns are entertaining because they got superstars everywhere. Uh, I mean. I shouldn't even call them superstars, some celebrities, because Baker Mayfield's a celebrity, not a superstar in this league. True. But uh and I love watching Nick Chubb play. Yes. He might be he may be the best running back in NFL. I'd agree. I'd agree. Plays. I think I think there's a couple that you can, you know, you can put up there with him, but for 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 you know, yards after the run, man, he's a beast. He's a pure runner. He's hard to tackle. And and having that ability to put Kareem Hunt back there, Kev, this is what they should be doing all the time. they got to stop trying to make Baker Mayfield into Peyton Manning. Stop having this guy throw the ball 50 times a game. It just doesn't work. Um, get some schemes. Get some easy completions. Get his confidence up. But you've got too much power. You've got too many good players on this team. Odell Beckham showed up. 60 yards. Some nice catches. Uh your boy Miles Garrett, though, game changer. We've talked about three teams. We've talked about the Bears having Khalil Mack. We've talked about the Rams having Aaron Donald. Miles Garrett's right up there with these guys. He is a disruptor of an offense. That guy's all over the field, and he never really gave 
Haskins a chance. No. No, no. he's a wrecking crew, man. He's a one-man wrecking crew. I agree with that all day. He, he's, he's an anomaly. I'm glad. Glad that we inked him up. Yeah, and, and, and Washington's got an elite front seven, even without Chase Young out there. Sad because I really want to watch this guy. You know, you don't get to see the Washington on uh, the Washington football team on TV a whole lot. So I, I want to see our boy. Uh, Haskins, not too impressive in my opinion, but he didn't really have a whole lot going on. And Washington needs to pick one running back and stick with it. Can't have like seven different dudes expect your offensive line to get any type of like rhythm or any type of consistent run game. So uh, that's about my take on it. Um, good one for your boys. Got to win these type of games, especially at home. And I think they have a formula, and that formula is going to be pound the wall, Baker under control, in easy, short, accurate completions. You you said it. That was going to be literally. That was how I was going to sum it up. Is just saying they have the recipe. Run the ball. Try to not get behind in games. And even if they do get behind by a touchdown or two, run the ball. That's the recipe. Um, and, and look, good thing. Good thing about the Browns is that you know we've got a cakewalk next week. We we do play the Cowboys. So uh, that's just uh, that's just a little <laughs> rub on our on our boy Cowboy out there, Jake. If you're listening. Um, we will, we shall meet each other on the battlefield <laughs> next year, my friend, or next week, my friend, and we shall see wait. who uh, who is in the you know the worst five teams of the league because you know again somebody's got to somebody's got to win this game. We'll see who we'll see who pulls it out. Um, Mike, I want to talk about the Texans and the Steelers next. Steelers won this ball game, twenty eight points on the board versus the Texans. Um, interesting, man. Ben Roethlisberger looks good. He looks real good. Doesn't look too old. Making all the throws. Two touchdowns, 237 yards this last week. James Conner came to play. No surprise. Love that guy, especially when he's healthy. Runs the ball, he lights out. Um, But the Steelers look good. They look Steeler-esque. But here we go. We are sitting there. And what I really want to talk about, Mike, is our Houston Texans sitting at 0-3, my man. Very, 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 very disappointing. Um, David Johnson being David Johnson racked up a whole 23 yards this last week. Did manage a touchdown though, keeping fantasy uh, players alive. But Mike, what are we doing here with the Texans? Let me ask you this. Is it unfathomable that Bill O'Brien catches an ax if these guys end up 0-5 in two weeks? Kev, a lot of different situations I'd say it could happen. This this can't happen though. Have you ever seen a team open up for three harder teams in a row? With the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers back to back to back, these guys didn't have a chance. Um, but, all right, well, but, but but wait, Mike. Let me. All right, let me ask you. Why? Why? Why didn't they have a chance? Why? Why do we? Why do we feel content on putting the Texans as like? Oh yeah, I mean they're gonna win the easy games, but against good teams, that that's not where they compete. That's garbage. They got a they got a, a two hundred million dollar quarterback. I mean, come and on! They got, they, they got to be able to beat the Ben Roethlisberger. He puts his cane on the bench on the sidelines before he puts his helmet on. He's forty years old. They, they got to compete yeah. in these games. All right, keep going. And they fought hard. And I think Houston kind of took this game as you know we need to win this. Unfortunately, they didn't show up in the second half. Pittsburgh's defense they they tightened down everybody. Um, I mean. David Johnson, 1.8 yards per carry. You can't win that way. You can't put all that pressure on Deshaun Watson. And we talked about, you know, other quarterbacks potentially getting hurt. This man's got not a whole lot to throw to. That offensive line that they gave us two first rounds, the Dolphins for Larry Tunsil, I'm sorry. It's not good. Um, 
They're old. I think the Texans need a rebuild. But again, you brought you said it, Kev. Like, how do you have a two hundred million dollar quarterback and you're in rebuild mode? A lot of bad trades. Bill O'Brien, the coach I could get behind. Bill O'Brien, the GM, he got to go. And unfortunately, you're probably right. At some point this season, he's gone. I think it's hard being that they got to the second round of the playoffs last year. We're up big on the Chiefs and then started with this hard schedule. But something's not right in that in, in that team. And uh, some changes will be made. Have to make changes, Mike. They're abusing Deshaun Watson. You take this kid, you get him killed the first three or four years of his career by not protecting him. You give away first draft or first round assets and first round draft picks for, you know, underperforming offensive linemen. And to boot, you expedite his top weapons for nothing. Yeah. For nothing. For nothing. I'm saying it's a disservice to Deshaun, who I believe absolutely is a top seven, top eight quarterback. You know, he, he's, he's a fantastic talent. Any team in the league would kill to have him. And it seems as if, you know, the Houston Texans, they want to do all this to him, get the crap kicked out of him, take away his weapons, and then sign him to a long-term deal and keep him in that misery forever. I, I hate it, man. Bill O'Brien is the wrong guy. He's the wrong guy. He shouldn't be there. Okay, let me ask you something, then, because I think we, we're in green to the Texans. How far can Pittsburgh go? Can they win the AFC North? Can they be a contender for the Super Bowl? 100%. Look, if Ben Roethlisberger stays upright for this entire season, or better yet, is healthy for the playoffs, yeah, dude, 100%. Look, Ben. the good thing about Ben, though he may not have his youth anymore, and he might have lost a step or two or maybe a little bit of velocity on the ball, he has his savvy. And at the same time, he's got Mike Tomlin. So, yeah. I, I, I like the Steelers going far in this division, and it wouldn't surprise me not for a second if they ended up sitting atop of the division over the Ravens. Going to be very interesting showdown between the Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but yes, I think they can go far, Mike. Yeah. And one player to highlight, Devin Bush, Jake's boy out of Michigan, the linebacker. Man, he is all over the field. Yeah, he's a stud. He's an up-and-coming stud. We already know about Watt. We already know about Dupree. But keep your eye on that guy because he's going to be, if healthy, a real special player in this league. Yeah, he's a stud, man. He's a stud. Good call. Good call. I uh, I noticed that as well watching the games this weekend. He, uh, he pops out, man. He flies off the screen, so he's definitely a stud. Mike, I want to move on, and I want to talk about the Titans and the Vikings. And mo- more importantly, I want to talk about the Vikings. 0-3, man. 0-3. This this cannot happen. They just re-inked Kurt Cousins this last year. I think they extended him two years to a ton of money. They just got Davin Cook in tow. What, what's happening with this team, Mike? They are 0-3. Lost a nail-biter to the Texans this last weekend, 31-30. Ryan Tannenhill showed up, put up 320 yards, didn't throw any touchdowns, threw an interception, but... I like the Titans. I think the Titans are what we think they are. You've obviously got Derrick Henry running for a buck 22 touchdowns. Like they are what we know that they, they are what we think they are. What is going on with the Vikings? Super, super under delivery here. Talk to me about this team. Well, Kev, I was just going to say those stats of Tannehill's without his number one guy, A.J. Brown. I mean, that, yes, that's sir. Their, their main weapon on offense, my Derrick Henry. So shout out to him. And this is just a difference between quarterbacks, one that can get it done, one that can't. Kirk Cousins, 
he's got so much talent around him. Now that defense is not the same defense it's been the last, you know, four or five years with the stud defensive line and a good secondary. It's very, it's very susceptible. So now you got to put more onus on Kirk Cousins. The guy can't get it done. Um, a highlight for the Vikings is Justin Jefferson, a receiver out of LSU, seven catches, 180 yards, a touchdown, kind of looking like Randy Moss ish. But Kev, when, what, what, do we, what do we do in sign Kirk Cousins a huge contract? He can't win in primetime. He can't win in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, Minnesota needs more help on defense than I think they knew going into this season. But if you would have told me you know, before the season they were going to start out 0-3, I would have said you're crazy. I, I agree. O- Owen, I did not see 0-3 for this team. And I'm looking right now, one sack. One sack on defense, Mike. And that used to be the pride of the team is their ability to shut people down. One sack on defense this last week. I am also suspect of uh, of the Minnesota Vikings. Mike Zimmer, good coach, definitely had a good couple years there with those guys. Are they missing Kevin Stefanski potentially? Oh, I think so, Kev. I think they're missing a lot right now. I think they're missing some veteran leadership as well. Um, I don't know what they are. You know, I don't know what they are at this point. They're the worst team in their d- division. I think Detroit even looks better in them. Green Bay and Chicago are flying in all cylinders. You might be looking at a top five pick for Minnesota next year if they keep this going. And I can't remember the last time I said that. Yeah, yeah, same. It's uh, it's interesting. Mike, let's jump to Carolina. I want to talk about the Carolina Panthers. 21-16 to 16 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, some things to talk about here. Both of these teams were 0-2. Going into the game, nobody has high expectations for either of these ball clubs. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about the quarterbacks. One, Teddy Bridgewater. I think we've always known he's a game manager. Twenty-two, twenty-eight out of tw- uh, twenty-two out of twenty-eight, two thirty-five, one touchdown. If they get that top seven, top five draft pick, Mike, they go in quarterback here. They just gave Teddy a hundred million. They go in quarterback. Or are they going to allow Teddy to be a game manager for the next three, four years for him? They they'll go quarterback. There's three first rounders. Um, you got to pick one of those guys for long term. Even if that person doesn't start, almost like Tua waiting to play, or Lamar Jackson away a little bit before they play, you've got to have a long term plan. Teddy Bridgewater, we know what he is. He's good for a few weeks, and then defensive coordinators figure him out. So what do you uh, do? Charge, what do you do with this, what do you do with his salary, Mike? You just you just put him on a hundred million dollar contract. I'd, I'd be interested to see the verbiage there. As if you know what, when they can cut him, what what it, what it hits against the cap. I'd like to understand more about that contract because a hundred million dollars is a lot of money. You don't want your backup quarterback averaging twenty million plus a year. So what what are you doing there? You you'll have to restructure it. But Kevin, this is going to sound crazy. A hundred million dollars for a quarterback is a bargain. It's true. Like that, the Titans have Ryan Tannehill for five years for a hundred million dollars. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes, well worth this contract, got ten years. 450 million like right the the you're only got to pay these guys more and more and the good thing about having someone like teddy bridgewater you don't have to rush your rookie quarterback in right and he and he's a professional he's going to mentor your guy he could be the fitzpatrick he'll bring him in he'll teach him the playbook uh and show him how to be there first in the morning and last at the evening uh so i think i like that and i think that's part of their long-term plan i mean he can't i mean you can't sit there and think that guy was supposed to be the starting quarterback the next 10 years can you no, and, and now that I hear you say that too, I think about a hundred million dollars, and I'm thinking, man, I don't want my backup to be, you know, on the roster for twenty million. That's a that that as a backup, that's expensive. 
But then I think about it, all right, well, so they draft a rookie and they got a rookie coming in on a four or five year deal on a rookie contract. So it's like their money for the quarterback position is actually allotted correctly because they don't have to pay the rookie. You yes. know what I mean? So so for that reason, I guess I can't understand the logic. And maybe they do, man. You know, maybe they do get their quarterback of the future next year and they ride Teddy for the next year or two. And I think Teddy has to look at that as a bonus because one, he's still getting paid, and two, he can audition a skill set for another team. And hell, the Browns will come and sign Teddy to that 10 year 250. I mean, you know that's right. Um, <laughs> there's already talks, I hear. Oh, yeah. There's already talks for sure. It's uh, it's Odo Beckham, Baker, Mayfield, uh, Landry, and I think Nick Chubb for uh, yeah for the rights to Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's what the Browns personnel is whipping up for us. Um, Mike, <laughs> before we move on from this game, I do want to talk about Justin Herbert. Hey, man, this kid looks right. He, he 35 of 49, 330 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. But I have a question. What on earth is he throwing the ball 50 times a game for? They, they got Austin Eckler. They've got Joshua Kelly. They've got a couple of really good runners. Why are they throwing? It's not as if you know the, the Panthers went out and got this crazy astronomical lead. They were up 18-7. to 18-7 in the second. The Panthers didn't score in the third. Why, why are they throwing the ball 50 times, Mike? Kev, I, I can't explain it. You should be really running the ball, having this guy do some RPO game. And Grant, he did complete a pretty high percentage. And I just don't get the Chargers in general. Like, are they cursed? Are they jinxed? How is it every year they lead the league in, league in injuries and at important positions too? Every time I look at the injury report, it's more and more dudes out. Uh, Justin Herbert looks the part, looks like he's worth a pick. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Kev. It, it, it's a mystery to me why you would put your rookie quarterback, have him sling it 50 times. They should have won this game. They were at home. Carolina had to come out west. And uh, the Chargers, we talked about disappointing teams so far. One and two, probably another rebuild. A lot of great veterans, high salary cap. What do they do moving forward? Big questions to determine. Luckily, that's why the GM gets paid the big bucks. But again, I can't. You asked me a question why he's throwing a ball 50 times a game. I don't got that answer. I don't know what the coach was thinking. Tough, tough to put that kind of pressure on a quarterback. That's fifty times he's got to make defensive reads, Mike. Fifty times. That's that's yeah. tall task. Tall, tall task to win a ball game like that with uh, with a rookie quarterback. Okay, let's talk about the Colts and the Jets, Mike. Colts win this thirty six to seven. They win it very easily, dude. Is your boy Adam Gase going to helm this team for the rest of the season, or what is going on with New York, man? I, th- these guys are not even competitive, and what's more, what's worse is they are ruining Sam Darnold. Dude does not look confident. Dude does not look equipped, and he has nobody on that team. What's happening with the Jets, man? Kev, you got a D coordinator and Greg Williams and Gase that don't get along. You got Sam Darnold that has nobody around him. All the injuries, you've got Crowder out. You've got their left tackle, Becton out. You've got <laughs> so many injuries. The New York teams, the Giants and Jets, are absolute garbage right now. We talked about with the Giants. You could put these two rosters together, and they still couldn't win a dang game. Uh, and Yeah, I'm pretty bitter right now because I was playing the Colts defense in fantasy who put up 26 points on my team. For you listeners that don't in my league, that's pretty much impossible to do. Totally. Except if the except if the opponent's defense plays the Jets. It's a mess there. I don't know what the plan is, but Kevin, when it comes to Gase, I used to be a Gase defender. Absolutely not anymore. Can't. You can't lose like that. It looks like a varsity versus JV team. Actually, a varsity versus a freshman team, doesn't it? 
Oh, look, man, I'm going to tell you right. It does. And Adam Gase should take half of his paychecks and pay them to Peyton Manning. Half of them. Every cent he makes for the rest of his life, he pays it to Peyton. The only reason this man is a head coach is because of those years with Denver and Peyton elevating this man and making him look like something he's not. Jets fans, ownership, team, front office, rid yourself of this plague. He is ruining the talent, the very little talent that you have on the roster. Absolutely garbage. Don't want to and spend Kev, the, Oh, go ahead. Okay, one one last thing too. We talked about leadership as a Dolphins fan going from Gase to Flores is night and day. The accountability, oh, yeah. the way the players oh, yeah. listen to them, you know, everyone's bought in. And I'm not saying Miami's, you know, the new New England or like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid, but we have a leader at the helm. And now that I look back and reflect on my time defending on Gase, I was wrong. Absolutely wrong. This guy can't lead men. He can't put a whole franchise together. He isolates star players and wants to be the star himself. And when your head coach wants to be the celebrity, how are you going to make that work? Can't Fire him. Yeah, can't. And look, I think Adam Gase probably has a really good football mind for the X's and O's. But leadership is about how you can gel and persuade the people around you to follow. And the man just doesn't have it. Put him as a coordinator somewhere and go to bed on it. But uh, as a head coach, get get out of my face with that. Mike, let's go ahead and fast forward. Let's talk about the Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. Tough game for our Cowboy Jake Skeens <laughs> over there. Tough game. His uh, his Cowboys sitting in a lowly one and two right now. However, I don't want to bust his chops too bad. I think, look, a- any way you cut it, you're going to go up against Seattle Seahawks. You're going to have a fight on your hands, especially with Russell Wilson you know, tossing five touchdowns and no picks in a game, 300 plus yards. Like that's hard to beat, man. Hard to beat. Even though the, 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 the Seahawks don't play defense, they play a lot of offense. Um, tough shakeout for the Cowboys. It was kind of a heartbreaker to see it go down this way. But um, what do you, look, Mike, send some words of love and encouragement to our, our, to our Cowboy out there, Jake Skins. T- t- talk some, talk some, some peaceful words to him. Before I even get to Jake, I want to know why Tristan Hill is not suspended by the league after that cheap shot he put on Carson, the running back. On the ground, intentionally rolls his leg, can really snap an ACL, MCL, anything he did. How's this guy not suspended? We're talking about player safety, and we just don't do anything about that. But it's a good point, we'll man. We'll move on. Yeah, that was I garbage. Mean, did you see that, Kevin? Yeah, I did. I did. I saw the replays of it. Yeah, it was garbage, man. That's a that's a dirt ball play. Should have no place in this league. But Kev, the good news for Jake is Dak is it, man. I mean, Dak is doing everything he can do. But the problem is that offensive line is living on legends. These guys aren't the same players. Some of them are gone. And when Zeke's only averaging two point four yards, yes. it's either that Zeke is de- declining, the offensive line is declining, or I'll say see both of them. It doesn't look like the same team. The Cowboys form that can never be to have Dak Prescott shoot the ball 60 times around the you know the field and win a game. That's not how they were constructed. And when your best player is Alden Smith, how do you depend on that? Grant, mm-hmm. he does look pretty dang good. And yeah. Kev, what do you think? What do you see in the Cowboys? Because, I mean, there are some good spots. I mean, Dak played a hell of a game. The defense, Alden Smith getting three sacks. I mean, you got this guy for pretty much a Snickers bar. What do you see, though, Kev? I mean, wh- why why can't they win? They need to start faster, Mike. I mean, look, the the reason that Zeke's at two point four yards is because these guys are playing from behind. He had fourteen. He had fourteen carries. Th- that's unacceptable. 
Zeke needs 20, 25 carries a game to get into rhythm and to really start eating up those defenses. You can't run him that way if you're playing from behind. You're right. Dak is the truth, man. He is the real deal. Ink this guy. You will not get another quarterback in the draft this next year that's going to be better than Dak. That's my opinion. I, I hate it. Love him or hate him. I don't care. The dude's he, he's playing good football. He can win you games for sure. But I think they got to start quicker, man. They're, they're playing from behind. Um, and I don't like that. But it's interesting, man. It, it, it smells a lot like Mike McCarthy. Um, to be honest with you, Mike, it smells a lot like old school Mike McCarthy that, you know, is trying to sling the ball all over the field, but has plays that, you know, haven't been renewed since the 1960s. So I, I, I don't know, man. I don't love this offense right now. I definitely don't love their defense either. You're right. Aldon Smith is definitely their best player. They're weak in the secondary. They're giving up a lot of points, and they're starting slow. That's my opinion. However, they are star-studded, man, star-studded on offense, and they can put up points. So my opinion, start faster, stop playing from behind so you can get Zeke involved in the game the way that he's supposed to. On the flip side of that, very tough very tough to play against Russell Wilson. The dude is a cheat code, Mike. He is a cheat code. Um, it's early in the league right now, but all signs point to an MVP caliber season and, and hopefully him taking home the crown. It's well-deserved. But the guy is lights out, averaging well over 300 yards a game and not throwing a lot of picks, man. I mean, this dude is crushing right now. Talk to me about the Seattle Seahawks. Kev, they, they're, they're the number one contender in the NFC right now, I would say. Um, second best player in the league, Doug, you know what I'm talking about to Patrick Mahomes, but Russell Wilson is <laughs> so dang good, man. And his receivers, uh, you know, they were talking about him during the COVID lockdown. They were practicing every single day. He built his own practice facility at his house, Kev. This guy lives and breathes football. He's everything you want from your quarterback. And uh, that defense needs to get fixed up a little bit on the Seattle defensive side. Had some good uh, interceptions, but what can you say about Russell Wilson? He is it. He is the legit best player minus Mahomes in this league, and you can't stop him. And DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, gosh, that's a good one-two combo. If these receivers stay healthy all year, you, who do you double-team? Totally. I'm going to say this, Mike. You get him another Super Bowl or two, and you're talking top five ever in Russell Wilson. You're talking top five t- top five ever. He um, He's that good. It's surprising they haven't, and they've had some bad breaks go their way, um, you know, in the Super Bowl and the playoffs. It's it's crazy that he doesn't have one already. Uh, Pete Carroll, good coach, um, and I and I think Kev, you really said something that kind of like keeps sticking me. I'm sorry to go back to Dallas about, but McCarthy. Remember in Green Bay, he could never really commit to the run and get the good, uh, good, good run game going, and maybe that's why you know he got kind of shipped out of town. Looks like he's starting to write his story in Dallas, doing the same same type of crap. He gets real enamored with the toys on at wide receiver, man. He gets real enamored, but you got you can't overlook Zeke. Yeah, it, it's it's a good point, man. I, I it, Dallas got to get it together. Look, let's fast forward even more. I want to talk about the Lions and the Cardinals. Look, I was surprised at this. I'm talking about a two and zero Cardinals team coming in against an zero and two Lions team. And Detroit won this 26-23. Kyler Murray, got to protect that football. 
three interceptions on this right now. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not about to you know wet the bed over this. It, it is what it is. He had a bad game. He's not, not even a bad game. He had a decent game. They still could have won this game. But you can't turn the ball over three times and expect to win in the NFL. And I think that's a lesson that Kyler is going to learn. But DeAndre Hopkins, he showed up as always. 10 receptions, 137 yards. But the Lions squeak this out, Mike. Let me ask you this. Is this a uh, is this a early Christmas present from the Cardinals to the Lions and gifting them this win, or is this the Lions kind of starting to shape up and are they going to make a run here? Uh, I've got zero faith in the Lions, zero fa- faith in Patricia, Matt Stafford. Same. Um, yeah, yeah, not 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 buying it. I'll just say it's this. It's real simple formula: young team, young coach. They need to learn the win consist- consistently with the Arizona Cardinals. Sky's the limit. Card uh, lines, their windows been shut, will continue to be shut. I can't even go into them anymore than I need to. But uh, yeah, Hopkins found himself a heck of a home in Arizona. 10 receptions, 137 yards, and Kyler Murray special. They'll be okay. They still need some pieces. This is their year, but they've got some really, really nice defensive pieces like Chandler Jones. We don't yeah. talk about this guy. He might be the best pass rusher in the league, but he plays for Arizona, so you don't hear him as much as you the other guys. True. And then uh, we'll see, Kev. I, I like what they're doing down there, but this is what young teams do. Second-year quarterback, second-year coach. They're not going to win consistently. They need to win games like this. Three years from now, this would be a probably you know close to a blowout Cardinals over Lions. Yeah, I agree. I think that's well said, Mike. I think it's probably the Cardinals overlooking the lines, recognizing that's an 0-2 team, maybe getting a little ahead of themselves in terms of what they're able to do. And uh, But hey, don't look now. Adrian Peterson on his way pacing for a 1,000-yard season. The, in the ageless wonder, Adrian Peterson, 75 yards this last game in the win for the Detroit Lions. Mike, talk to me about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Denver Broncos. We had Tampa Bay come in, pretty convincing win, 28-10. to Tom Brady, almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, looking mighty fine. Run game, decently intact, at least where it needed to be. Uh, Ronald Jones with 4.1 yards per carry, so I like that. Um, looks as if the Broncos sitting at 2-1, or one, sitting at 2-1, and one are, are sitting pretty, Mike. What do you like about this team? Oh, Kev, I mean, Tampa Bay, this doesn't seem like it's a big win because they should beat Denver. Uh, but Denver at home is always a tough team, even with a backup quarterback. And what I saw Tom Brady get on the same the same uh, page with his wide receivers, I see a defense that's ready for Super Bowl run. They look good. They look dangerous. And with the Saints looking the way they do, I, I used to think the Saints would win the division and Tampa would sneak in as a wild card. I'm now saying this is Tampa's division to lose. They look tough, man. Good for yeah. them. Yeah, they do. I, I agree. I think that's flop now. I think this is Tampa's to win and, and the Saints could potentially squeak in. Not having Michael Thomas is tough, but I think what's what's more is uh is Drew, man. Drew's looking just a little bit shaky and bakey. In fact, let's lead into that, Mike. We had the Saints playing the Packers this last week. The Packers put up thirty seven and a win over the Saints. Saints put up thirty. Um, look, Aaron Rodgers played stellar. No picks, three touchdowns, almost three hundred yards. But, you know, Drew Brees, again, not a terrible game, almost 300 yards, three touchdowns as well, but it just doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. Their number one receiver this week was their running back. You know what I'm saying? And and the next closest guy had barely 50 yards in Emmanuel Sanders. So they're missing Michael Thomas. And I I don't know, something's amiss. They're sitting at one and two. Now, I will say this. Green Bay's a tough team this year. So... 
the fact that they did put up 30 points and they were competitive in the game, that's a good sign for the Saints. I'm not pushing a panic button on New Orleans right now by any means. I'm not pushing a panic button. They still have a ton of talent. They're well-coached, and they still have a well-above-average quarterback. So I think the Saints are going to be okay, but yeah, I have to put them a tier, a, a tier below the, 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 the Buccaneers right now. But Mike, talk to me about your boy Aaron Rodgers, man. What are you liking from this team? Kev, I'm just liking everything. Um, and it's... Like I said, I was really hard on this team last year, but Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, that one-two combination is carrying my fantasy football team right now. Thank you, guys. Um, but I'm seeing an offense where last year sometimes they would go like, you know, drives without really, you know, picking up first downs or it looked clunky, I would say. Um, you know, maybe receivers don't understand where they go or Aaron Rodgers know where he needs to go with the ball. This year, in the year two of this offense, it looks very efficient. It looks like Rodgers is a lot more comfortable than he's been. And uh, they're not getting the injuries they had last year. And on the, on the other side with the, the New Orleans Saints, Michael Thomas can't be that – I mean, he, he can't be that big of a cornerstone where you have a drop-off to someone like Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is not a good receiver. He hasn't been good for a long time, maybe since Denver. Um, we saw him, you know, just he's, – he's a journeyman at this point. He's so a number two. I don't know. Even if it's number two, I think he's like a four, Kev. Really? Um, okay. I'm not, and I'm not a believer in the guy, you know. And uh, I don't know. Kamara's special, like him. Drew Brees is very good, but I think what you're missing is he can't go deep. He doesn't have the confidence to go deep, and his wide receivers don't have the confidence that he can go deep. And that's a huge part of this offense. It's always been a part of this offense. Uh, We'll see, Kev. Um, the the Packers and Bears, when they play, that's going to be one heck of a game. And I think when the Bucks play the Saints again, I think it's going to be a different story than week one. New Orleans was very fortunate to open up first Tampa that 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 week. Yeah, well said, man. Well said. I I agree. The Michael Thomas injury, though devastating, it it can't be the make or break in this team season. They they have they have too much talent. But I agree, man. It, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what's left in the tank for Drew Brees in the later end of this in the latter part of the season. I I want to kind of see where they end up. Question but, for you, Kev. Will sure. we see Jameis will we see Winston this year? Ooh. No. No, man. I I I I think Drew Brees would have to play four or five games straight with four or five interceptions in very lopsided losses to see that happen. You you don't you don't bench a legend, man. Not 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 like that. I, I I hated it when it happened to Peyton, um, but it was probably a lot more deserved because Peyton had way less in the tank at that the, his last year in the NFL than Drew does right now. I don't think so. If you if you bench Drew Prees, especially for the turnover machine, Jamie's Winston, that will be a one quarter benching, and then you will be on bended knee begging <laughs> Drew to come back into the game. No, no, I don't see that happening, man. Okay. What do you you, are saying, you 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 think so? You think Drew's out? Is that what I'm hearing? Either maybe injured in quotations, where uh, him and you know Sean Payne had that tough conversation. Okay. If he keeps going like this, I could be wrong. You know, Mike's always throwing out weird conspiracy theories and keeping you guys on your toes. However, Jameis Winston, give him a year. His eyesight's better. Maybe come for that offense. Michael Thomas comes back. I don't know, Kev. I've seen crazier things in this league. And you know what? The Saints are built to win now. They are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to put a stick of dynamite in there? Put Jameis Winston on the field. 
They're they're <laughs> they're built to win now. Yeah, Jamie. Hey, so Jamie's Winston got eye surgery. Yep. And, and he. All right. Fair enough. Hey, look, man. Fair enough. He got eye surgery, and the uh, that might have righted the ship, dude. Hey, look, hard to throw to receiver if you're seeing triple. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I uh, I agree, man. Mike, save the creme de la creme, the game of the week for last. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. And you know what? A little bit underwhelming. I was expecting a shootout. I was expecting two teams to just be tearing each other's throats out. I got that from one team. I definitely got that from one team. I saw almost 400 yards and four touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes. He came equipped. But uh, looks like Lamar brought a knife to a gunfight, man. 97 yards. 97 yards? Through the air looked like a little bit of a stinker lamar said kryptonite i'd uh i'd have to agree a barrel full of it man what happened in this game for the ravens lamar jackson what's happened he didn't make good reads as a quarterback he didn't throw the ball accurately 97 yards passing will not get it done in this league i'll say it one more time 97 yards passing in this league will not get done in this league especially when you're playing the best quarterback on the planet it's so crazy I- so let me let me ask you this, Mike. Why did it happen in this game? It's not as if the Kansas City Chiefs are toting a juggernaut defense. They've got a serviceable defense. They've got a defense that'll at least keep them in games. It's not like the defense is something that they're boasting is the strength of their of their team. It's not. So was it a pressure game? Was it a, you know, quarterback A, quarterback one A? Versus quarterback 1B, did, did it get in Lamar's head? I mean, that's the question because it's like they're going to face better defenses than the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no there's no doubt in my mind that they will face better teams than this on the defensive side of the ball. So did he just get in his head or what was it? Well, I think one thing, the Chief, uh, the Ravens did them no favor by letting the Chiefs wide receivers run off the, um, the line with no bump, no press, just full stride. You let Tyreek Hill and those track stars like Hardman and Sammy Watkins run, of course they're going to be open. Yeah, Kansas City's too explosive an offense. The pressure was there. Lamar Jackson was able to keep up with it. But, Kev, you're kind of downplaying this defensive effort. It was phenomenal. Chris Jones lived in that backfield. He had two sacks as a D-tackle. Then you got Frank Clark back there. They they were the more physical team than Baltimore. Not many times we'll say that on this podcast, but Baltimore got you know roughed up versus Kansas City. And uh, it kind of shows there's a little big uh, difference between these two as far as contenders. A lot of people had Baltimore as this defense being the number one defense in the league. They didn't look like it. And Kansas City defense looked a lot better. Again, Kev, you throw for 100 yards, you think you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes? 100 out of 100 times, you're not winning that game. That That's 100% true. And, and Mike, I'm not saying that the defense didn't play. They played well. I mean, they played extremely well. But again, this is not a defensive juggernaut. If, if you were to ask me on any given day, who do you like better, the Kansas City Chiefs defense or the Baltimore Ravens offense led by Lamar Jackson? I'm, what I'm taking 100 out of 100 times is, is Lamar and that offense. So I I wonder if it was just the you know the pressure mounting that got Lamar said I don't know what I do know Mike is that we will be seeing these quarterbacks play each other as the best quarterbacks in the leagues for a long long time hopefully these guys don't get injured and they have long careers man because it's fun to watch I think Lamar is going to bounce back next week I don't have any I don't I don't have any worries about Lamar I think it was a high pressure game and you know hopefully. 
it's something that doesn't linger for him. I mean, that's all I can say about it. Next week, they've got the Bengals. They should clean house with the Bengals. So, I mean, hopefully there's a rebound game for him because I love Lamar, reigning MVP of the league. Um, what a stinker he laid last night. Underwhelming game. Huge, huge stinker. One of the touchdowns was a kick return. And Kev, I'll tell you something too before we close out. He got hit a lot. Lamar Jackson usually don't get hit like that. And the Chiefs are roughing him up all day. They made him run the ball instead of the running backs. Um, if you shut down the run the way they did, it it didn't look like the same Raven offense. And if you're going to make Lamar Jackson throw like that, it, it Mark Andrews has to make catches. Hollywood Brown needs to get open. Yep. Uh, it just wasn't the same team. Maybe there's a little little big brother approach or a little New England, a.k.a. being up the, on the Colts approach, but – they got to overcome that if they ever think to go in the Super Bowl. 100% right. 100% right. They have a tough division to play in, Mike. They've got the Steelers coming up in a few weeks. Um, and again, I'm not sitting here trying to tote my Browns, but that's not a walkover game at this point. I think the Browns are finding rhythm. And Cincinnati, yes, I think they'll crush Cincinnati next week, but look out. At some point, these guys are going to click. So the division is not a pushover. They've got, to, uh, they've got to make sure that offense comes to play every single week. So I agree with you. Without debate, man. Mike, we got another one of the books, brother. This one is uh, NBA. I'm sorry, NFL oriented. It was good to get back on the uh, on the same page with you in the NFL. Huge week three. Looking forward in a massive way to week four. Hopefully, your fins farewell, and I hope my Browns do the same. Before we go, I just want to leave with a uh, with a nice quote for our listeners. Make sure that you kind of try to sit back, evaluate, and recognize the good things in your life. So the quote stands as this, acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. Take a look in the mirror. Be grateful. That's the key to happiness. Guys, we love you. Make sure you subscribe to FanPop. Tell your friends, tell your family. They got to hear what we're talking about. We love you. We'll see you next time. We are out of here.